Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What is good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Monday. And a big Monday that it is for the Raiders, their organization, the Silver and Black Raider Nation. Everybody uh, involved, and I think that uh, if you were watching the press conference, which just concluded here at uh, the Raiders headquarters, I think everyone probably senses a new direction for this team and maybe and franchise, and maybe for the first time ever, uh, this sort of direction. By the way, you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM in the huddle. Video Monster brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Q Myers, um, you got a chance to, uh, first of all, thanks for uh, staying over, working a little overtime here, Q, because I really wanted to get your thoughts and this is the first time we're going to talk to each other uh, since that press conference. What were your first initial um, impressions, Q? You know, my biggest takeaways was just really McDaniels and Ziegler just kind of being open and honest, even without being asked about certain questions, uh, kind of being open and honest. And it sounded like they were refreshed and very confident about what they were about to step into and what they were going to do in the plan of attack that they have for the Raiders moving forward. I like that McDaniels mentioned that he didn't uh, know a whole lot of football when he went to Denver, and he, he grew a whole lot. And that's something that we've been talking about a lot on the show the last week you know it's just people grow in 10 years 12 years and I think McDaniels has really grown a lot and learned what he did wrong and learned what to do next and I also like the fact that Ziegler said that player personnel it it uh, he has the final say which as he should he's the GM of the team so uh, we got to hear probably about 25 good minutes of the of the presser as it started off our show today and then we kind of deferred to what you guys were saying on Twitter to get the rest of the information but all in all I thought it was pretty uh, positive direction that they went today. Yeah, Kieran, I'm glad you started with Josh uh, addressing uh, kind of the elephant in the room, the Denver Broncos situation. Um, and, you know, it, 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 it's sometimes frustrating, Q, because, you know, as a reporter, your job is to reach out to your contacts across the NFL and whether people, I mean, it just, I don't know why people think you're just making stuff up or, you know, or, or it, it just befuddles me. But that's part of our job is right. to reach out to, con- I've been doing this for 30 years. You've been doing this for a long time. Uh, it's not like you pull things out of your ear. And so when you were talking about it, and I know when I was talking about, hey, hold off on just judging a guy on two years in in, in Denver at his first go around as a 33-year-old, because everything that I was getting, Q, was, yes, it happened, but there's also perspective. There's also nuance, and there's growing, and there's maturing. He was 33 years old. What is he, 43 years old, 45 years old now? Mm-hmm. Um I think it was Muhammad Ali who said, look, if you're the same person at 50 that you were at 30, you just wasted 20 years of your life. And I don't believe somebody as smart, and I'm going to say right now, both of those guys are very smart. You can feel the intelligence in that room today. Uh, and I think that's a good thing. No, he, if, you're, if you're a competitor like he, like he said he was, if you're smart like you can tell that he is, you're not going to stand pat. You're going to look at your strengths you're going to look at your weaknesses you're going to look at your successes and you're going to look at your failures and a lot of times you learn more from your failures and if you are worth your weight at all what are you going to do q you're going to improve you're going to learn from that and and analyze it that's what winners do there might be a lot of people out there that don't understand that concept because maybe they don't apply it to their own lives i'm just saying it but winners do q they get better and they learn and I think anyway, just based on what I'm hearing from across the league, people who know him, people who have worked with him, people who have seen the growth and the match, uh, maturity, Raider Nation, part of it, just 
chill out and give that an opportunity to prove itself. Well, you know, the thing about it, it's so funny because nine times out of ten over the history of time, uh, Raider Nation has been excited about the next hire that the Raiders have, no matter who it was. It's like, okay, yeah, that's a good one. They'll get behind it. But this one, it's like everyone across the league is behind it. Everyone that I've had on the show talking about McDaniels leading up to it ever, way before he ever got announced was like, yeah, this is going to be a good move if the Raiders do hit, go ahead and make this happen. Everyone across the league is talking about this is a really good hire, and Raider Nation hates it. You know, Raider Nation hates it because he comes from the Patriots. They remember what he did in Denver. Uh, he's a cheater, this, that, and the other. I mean, whatever you want to whatever you want to put narrative to to his name, that's what they've attached. And so they won't allow themselves. And I, I don't want to uh, say everybody because there's a lot that have come around yeah, and said, yeah. you know what, uh, okay, I get it. You know, it, maybe it was a tough pill to swallow at first, but okay, I'm on board now. But for a lot of people, it's still the fact that, oh, my gosh, how can you do this? You have Patriots in the building. It doesn't work. You know, and so that's the thing. And then on top of that, the success or lack of success that a lot of, uh, you know, Bill Belichick disciples have had outside of the building is another reason why a lot of folks are skeptical. But, again, I think this is a different uh, scenario because every time Bill O'Brien or Eric Mangini or – you name Brian Flores or whoever it was, and Brian Flores was successful, but uh, other guys that went to other uh, organizations, they, those organizations weren't coming off 10 wins in a playoff berth. They were coming off like two or three wins, and they were the number one pick in the draft or top five pick in the draft. This is not the case of the Raiders, and I've said it multiple times. I heard Mark Davis say it. It's not a rebuild. It's a reload, and I think that's how it should be accepted. Yeah, absolutely. And um, a lot of the you know the, the, the names that you just mentioned were also defensive disciples of, of – um, you know, of Bill Belichick. It's a little bit different, I believe, anyway, uh, on the offensive side of the ball because as wide an, or, a, you know, huge a shot as Bill Belichick um, casts in that New England operation, offensively, it's a little bit different. He runs the defense. There's no question about that. And he oversees every step of the way, even offensively. However, uh, the offensive coordinator in Denver, and it's been Josh McDaniels for a long time, has way more leeway than the defensive guys. So I think, and you know, if you look at Bill O'Brien, and he was there, what, just in the inner, while Josh was away, right? I mean, I think that's where when Bill O'Brien was the uh, was the offensive coordinator with the New England Patriots, or maybe it was after Charlie Weiss left a long time ago. Right, anyway, right. O'Brien actually had a little bit of success until they gave him power Houston Texans power <laughs> right. personnel yeah and he just fell flat on his face not everybody can do both jobs and obviously Bill O'Brien uh didn't um but offensively you know he had it going uh with the Houston Texans they made uh the playoffs so but I also say this I don't think any of that matters about what's going to happen moving forward it's it's we get caught up sometimes in those sort of moments and those sort of situations like well because you know x y and z failed then this guy's gonna fail right I We've seen too many times where that's not the case. And you can't, it, you know, what has happened before to other people in completely different situations doesn't predicate what is possible uh, here. And I think, I think the, the, um, I, I think it's pretty interesting how far these guys can take it because I truly believe that Mark Davis is going to let these guys do their job. And this isn't the end of it right here. Josh McDaniels is going to build what I've been hearing kind of an all star kind of offensive staff or excuse me uh, coaching staff i think ziegler is going to be putting together an organization that uh you know leaves no stone unturned um in terms of that side of the building and i think it's going to be a win-win for the raiders and i i don't i I'm, i haven't been a fan of this team i've always watched it and you know kind of kept a uh an, an eye on it just like anybody else 
but it feels like this is going to be done a little bit differently than it has been in the past. I think so, you know, and I think that one of the biggest keys is that there's no Raider ties there, you know, so it's not like this is a hire just because because of, you know, loyalties to the organization, not saying that that's not important, but that's not, shouldn't be the end-all be-all deciding factor. So I think that this is a, a, a good direction. They decided to go outside of the, the Raider bubble and uh, they went and got some, some guys that they really believed in and some guys that uh, Mark Davis clearly has been uh, eyeing for a while and Josh McDaniels, you know, when he made the move to Gruden, he had been eyeing him for a while and he went and made that move because, well, that's that's who he had looked at and he, he believed in. I believe he had been looking at McDaniels for a while and when he finally became available, he thought, hey, this is the this is the uh, right move to make, so let's go make it. And the other reason I think that a lot of Raider Nation is down on this hire is because they're still emotionally attached to uh, Gus Bradley. They're still emotionally attached to what Rich Passaccia was able to Absolutely. do. And I, and I understand because they, it was amazing what they were able to do and what they were able to get done, but doesn't mean that it can't be better. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing that I keep saying. It's like, hey, that was good. That was a nice emotional uh, they came together in the locker room. Obviously, the players loved those guys. They all came together and, and, and did some good things, got to the playoffs, almost beat Cincinnati, who now are representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. But right. it doesn't mean that it can't be that and not and better moving forward. Uh, you just have to thank, you know, Bisacci and company for everything that they did. And uh, they eat for free in Las Vegas, in my opinion, and, and just move on. Yeah, and I think that, you know, as an organization – um, you know, whether you're the Las Vegas Raiders or the Dodgers or USC football, Alabama football, you know, when, when, when you're in a decision-making uh, uh, mode or process or position, you, making decisions out of emotion or being a prisoner of the moment, I'm not saying they don't always or, you know, they never work out, but it's you're usually leaving yourself a little bit vulnerable when you get caught up in the now and rather take than taking a bigger uh, look at things and a uh, you know going up on that helicopter and taking a look down and right. seeing what the possibilities are beyond just what's happening right now and and I have to say this I feel like Mark Davis as well and his role I mean think about you know Mark Davis kind of stepping into the uh, footsteps of his father into the shoes of his father there's some learning on the job as well for him and there's going to be hits and misses there's going to be successes there's going to be mistakes that are made and all that anyone can ever do in life, whatever it is, owning a football team, um, you know, running a, 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 a shop, whatever, the, whatever you do, uh, a restaurant, you have to be able to take an honest look at what's working, what's not working, and just learn from every experience. And that's all you can really do. And I feel like Mark has done that. He went down all of the general manager and coaching combinations or a couple of them at least uh, that he's had, you know, with the Raiders, uh, McKenzie and, and Jack Del Rio. And then, you know, Gruden and Mayock, he sounded, he was pretty forthcoming about, um, uh, you know, John and, and Mike in terms of, yes, they get credit for building, you know, uh, the roster and building the foundation, but it was a little bit of a rocky road. He didn't elaborate, but I think we could all assume that there was some, you know, drag out, knock down kind of fights sometimes when it came to decisions and which direction to go. And sometimes, Q, that doesn't always leave yourself in the best position to make the best decision. Right. And I think he's learned from that experience as well. This situation, which, by the way, nobody asked for this situation to happen with John Gruden. Right. That was a, a bolt out of left field. But I give Mark, Mark Davis credit for this. He used this situation to say, okay, how can we do it better? Now we're in this situation. We right. asked to be in this situation. Right. But what, what can we do to make this better now and make better decisions moving forward? And I feel like the, the approach that they took in, in this whole process led them to this decision. And I give them a lot of credit for that. Yeah, no, I do too. And, and the one thing that none of us have said yet, and you kind of alluded to it, Mark Davis is growing as an owner as well. 
I mean, he's, he's growing as an owner as well, and that's something that everyone has to understand. He wants nothing more than the Raiders to be winners and be on top. Let's make no mistake about that. For anyone who thinks he doesn't, they're out of their mind because that's all he wants is his team to be on top uh, and, and be that, that proud franchise in the NFL again. I know that without talking to him, I know that 100%. And let me ask you this one question, and uh, then I know DeMond's got a lot of uh, callers lined up yes. for you, but let me, let me ask you this one question because people keep hitting me up and saying what they heard in the presser makes them feel like Derek Carr is gone. I didn't get that idea and <laughs> no, impression. No, no. What did you get from that? I no, I, I didn't get that impression at all. However, I got that's that's where the um, kind of the the prudent kind of deliberate approach is. Nobody's going to put the cart before um, the or the yeah the cart before the horse here. They were forthcoming, like, hey, it's time for us now to sit down and talk to Derek Carr. Both Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels have had phone conversations with him. I think there's excitement on their level uh, or on their end of things about working with Derek. I know that uh, Derek feels the same way. Um, I think it's going to work out. But, you know, uh, to their credit, and I think Derek Carr uh, understands this as well as anybody, and, and, and he's going to sort of take a wait-and-see approach as well. To, to everybody's credit, they're going to let it happen organically. Nobody's going to force anything. Nobody's going to say anything right now that they're going to regret two months from now. Nobody's going to back themselves into a corner. Nobody's going to uh, you know, emphatically state anything other than let's see where it all leads. Let's see how it all fits together. And isn't that, Q, kind of the smart thing to do? It doesn't mean that there's an outcome that is already determined. In fact, if I were to lay money on it right now, I think Derek Carr is going to be here for a little while. But um, I, I also respect, and I think it's the right way to do it. Well, let's just wait and see until we all sit down and talk about this and share our vision for this offense. And Derek can share his vision of what he, you know, what works for him, what doesn't work for him. And maybe at the end of all of that, you know what, maybe it's best for everybody just to part ways, but I don't think that's exactly where it's headed. All right, Vinny and Q has left the studio. Can it some? That Thank you, Q. I appreciate uh, your, your time. It was really interesting to get your thoughts. But we're going to get out to our callers because Chris in Vallejo is online. I know Raider Nation is eager to speak up and express their thoughts, and we are here for you. So what do you got, Chris? Well, you know, first thing is uh, I want to say is I feel I feel pretty good after watching that press conference. And uh, a couple things that uh, jumped out at me right off the bat was that both Josh and Dave mentioned uh, the phrase several times, smart players. Mm-hmm. I heard him say smart players. And uh, so that, that's definitely a good thing. It's something I've always thought came with the Patriots. I think that a group of smart guys in a team sport uh, probably have the jump on a group of lesser minds um, with superior athletic ability since it is a team sport. Uh, the other thing is that uh, I heard adjustments. I heard uh, uh, forward thinking, mm-hmm. innovation. I mean, these are things I think people have been complaining about uh, in the offense and even with the defense. Um, you know, this guy, these guys have been working with the hoodie, who really is, when it comes down to it, a defensive mastermind. You know, and uh, I think it was uh, Mark that mentioned watching uh, the adjustments made, not only from half to half, but even from even drive to drive and play to play. And this is something I've been hearing over and over again all year and four years 
that the Raiders uh, lack some adjustment. They lack some creativity. Some new thinking, I think, is, is on the horizon for us. Yeah, I, you know, anytime um, a new regime takes over, you're going to have um, a new set of eyes that are looking at things. Now, granted, there's a lot of things that are um, commonplace. You know, it is the business of football, and, and there's some core principles and, and factors and elements and dynamics that um, apply to whatever team you're talking about. Uh, but, you know, a, 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 and this isn't to say the past way of, things, of, of doing things was, um, was bad. You know, I, I, I do believe that John Gruden and Mike Mayock got this whole operation to a new level. They made the playoffs this year. They won 10 games. They won more games than they lost every single year that they were here uh, together. And they deserve a lot of credit for a lot of the moves uh, that they made. There were some blunders, obviously, some huge mistakes. Um, there's no question about it. Uh, and in particular, that 2020 draft where... There's really nothing to barely anything left from that 2020 draft. Uh, but by and large, you know, they, they moved this thing forward. And we're not here disparaging John Gruden and, and Mike Mayock. And I see on Twitter, well, didn't you feel like there was intelligence, you know, with with them? Yes, there was. They they knew football. Uh, they understood it. They the, There was no question that they did. And they did a pretty decent job in moving this forward. But there's something different, I feel, about this tandem this is a it's it, it feels different it sounded different and I, I defy anybody who watched that um press conference not to say you know what that looked different than some of the things that maybe raider nation has heard over the years from previous coaches and previous regimes will it work we'll see um there's no guarantee of of anything it could fall f completely flat on their face but i felt like and i i, I do appreciate just the sort of um, deliberate, methodical, thought-out process that they are going to bring to this. You can kind of sense that just in hearing them talk um, and, and just a, a level of maturity as well. And uh, Cube pointed out Josh McDaniels raising that about himself, about how he wasn't necessarily, he didn't understand people, you know, in his first go-around with the Denver Broncos and the importance of that and the importance of relationship building. And, you know, that'll be critical moving forward, but by all accounts, by his own words, but also people that I have talked to around the league, that he has improved. And I, there was one thing that he said, I'm going to be myself. And he kind of felt, and especially talking to people in Denver and people that went through that experience with them and with the Broncos, that maybe he tried to force some things, you know, because maybe it was overcompensating for the lack of experience that he had. And maybe he came, you know, over there with a big Bill, Bill Belichick chip on his shoulder, like, this is the way it's got to be done. I got to be just like Bill Belichick was. Well, anyone will tell you, and sometimes you have to learn this lesson the hard way, just be yourself. Whoever you are, be yourself. He's obviously a smart, intelligent football coach. He knows X's and O's. He knows how to put th things together. Just be yourself on the other thing, on the other end of it, or people will read right through you. And it sounds like that's part of the problem that happened uh, in Denver. And if he's learned from that, then the Raiders are getting somebody that has learned from their experiences and is better off for it. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Passionate Raider is in the house. How you doing, Passionate Raider? So, what's up, Vinny? Man, Good, man. How you, you doing? Know, man, I'm, a, man I'm, I'm just happy, man. I'm just happy that I've seen some guys answer some questions with some professionalism and not with just just the the okie doke that everyone always says. And you know, I've been hyped. I've been hyped about the coach really since I really it was a hard pill to swallow the first night, just like everyone said. But but to go out and get the best.
coming from the best and finally bringing it to us with the best facilities, the best field. The, who like like my? I've just been visioning. Why would you not want to come play in Vegas and have the playoffs come through you? You're indoors. You have not to fight the weather. A beautiful stadium. I just think, man, I know this team is on the rise, man. And it's hard, Vinny. You just don't understand how many years of the beating. And I know you keep telling us that we got to wait. We got, But it's just, it, it, man, we've just been kicked and beat down so hard. That's why you got to be tough-skinned to be with us. But we're, we're getting there, and we know, I know in my heart that it's coming. I can feel it. I know it. Watching this weekend, seeing that trophy held up on Sunday, though, I just – we got to get it, man. And, 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 and what he said about, you know, you said about Derek and all that today. I don't know. I, I don't know if, if, if we thought that we wanted him to say that, yes, he's our guy moving forward. But the way he did say it, when you go back and think about it and you really analyze it, I mean, that was the, that was the, the proper, mature way to respond to that question and, and just not throw something out there for likes. So we, we, it's, an, it's just a waiting game. We're still all waiting. We all want to know now. We want to know right now what's going to happen. We want to know the defense. <laughs> we, want to, we, we want to know. We want to know. We want to know. Because we're a Raider Nation. But you know what? That's patience. Patience is in the – how's that, that go? Patience is in the eye. Behold, I can't even say it right Patience now. is a virtue. It, it's a virtue. Yes. Yes. And it's so hard to have, man. It's so hard because we just want it. But I know, we know, you know, Raider Nation knows – that Super Bowl's in our house in 2024. <laughs> yes, it is. It's actually 2025, I think, right? For, for the 2024 season, I'll have to go look back and uh, maybe it's a 2023 season, 2024. I'll I'll get my facts straight. But uh, appreciate the call, passionate Raider. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's an exciting day because it's it, it's something new, it's something different. Um, I think that you know you can't listen to to both Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels and not be uh, impressed with the maturity and the the level of intelligence. I'm just, this is, I literally got out of the, uh, the, the press conference, you know, what, less than an hour ago or so. So these are the initial thoughts, but I'll tell you this, it backs up what I've been hearing in talking to people that I truly respect um, in the NFL. When I talk about the people that I talk to in the NFL, I'm talking about people who make decisions for, for their teams. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not, you know, so, so I don't, I wouldn't ask them if I didn't feel like they were giving back valuable information. And I'll say this, everybody that I talked to, um, I gave them the opportunity to give me reasons why it will work and why it won't work. And there weren't any why it won't work. <laughs> they feel like this has a chance to work. There's a lot of respect um, in the, in the NFL right now for what the Raiders just did. And, Trust me when I say I heard this as well. Uh, well, if if Josh McDaniels was so um, you know coveted, why didn't other teams chase him? They did. All right. Th here's how things work uh, many times. Okay, so a team will go through somebody's agent to gauge an interest level. All right. You don't normally. You, first of all, you're not allowed to just go directly to the coach um, if they're under contract from some by, uh, with somebody else. You have there's protocols to go through. But before it even gets to that point, in some cases, you you, you reach out to the agent and say, "Hey, look, we're interested in talking to your guy uh, about our job. Is there legitimate? Would there be legitimate interest on their part?" And that conversation with teams across the league, at least three that I know of, 
um, and 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 his people occurred this year. I'm talking about this this cycle that he said no thank you to. Um, it wasn't until the Raiders made that same sort of a call that he was open to it. And I think that's important. It's an important consideration. Just because you don't read about oh the you know such and such reached out to ask for permission to talk to coach so and so doesn't mean that prior to even it getting to that point there wasn't a discussion about a level of interest. That's not the way the business works uh, in the NFL. And so he was coveted and has been coveted uh, for a while now. And, um, you know, we, we talked to him about that, about why the Raiders, he had a really eloquent uh, explanation for, for why, uh, where this organization is, the facilities, the stadium, Mark Davis's commitment uh, to wanting to win. There's a lot to like about what's in place here um, and and the, the motivation of ownership to be successful and to give everybody everything that they need to win. That's an important consideration. And plus, obviously, he's coming in with one of his best friends in life, Dave Ziegler, who he has the utmost respect for. So it's a good combination, good tandem. Will it work? We're going to all see together, but feel like it has a good chance of working. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila Imbahador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Monday. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinny Monsignor. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 9, 20 a.m. on a Monday. A big day for the Raiders without question. Um, They introduced new head coach Josh McDaniels, new general manager Dave Ziegler, um, who they pried away from the New England Patriots, uh, the new uh, power tandem of their football operation. And I don't think anyone that was either there at the press conference today here in Henderson or watched, um, you know, on the live stream can't come away a little bit of impressed uh, with both McDaniels um, and Ziegler doesn't guarantee anything moving forward without a doubt, but there is a level of professionalism and intelligence and maturity um, and details that I think marks a significant change uh, here in this organization. It'll be interesting to track it from this point forward, but we're going to reach back into Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniel's uh, immediate past um, and and go back out to the Raider Nation guest line. Welcome in our good friend Greg Bedard, uh, who is the founder and editorial director of bostonsportsjournal.com, a longtime sports figure, um, media figure in the Boston area and knows Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, covers them um, You know, when during their time with the Patriots. Greg, first of all, thanks for spending some time with us in the huddle. Truly appreciate it. How are you, my friend? Uh, good. Uh, big, busy day for you, I take it. It has been, uh, no question about it. And, uh, I, and I feel, you know, just initial reactions an hour or so uh, out of the press conference, probably a good day for the Raiders. It just feels like that. And I think they're going in a little bit of a different direction. I give Mark Davis a lot of credit for, um, you know, making this call and taking this approach. I think he's showing growth himself uh, as the owner of the Raiders. But you know Josh McDaniels, you know Dave Ziegler. Let's start first uh, with Dave Ziegler. Um, His name popped up. Uh, about a week ago or so. I think it, would perc- it was percolating uh, prior to that as well. Uh, but Dave Ziegler, as the general manager, um, was kind of described as Bill Belichick's de facto general manager, uh, at least through uh, last season. What, what, what should Raider Nation know about Dave Ziegler? Well, I mean, I think the big thing um, 
with Dave is, and you know, Josh was on a little bit of a uh, quicker uh, career trajectory. But you're talking about a guy who sort of, you know, slowly worked his way up through the NFL, and um, you know, excelled in everything he did. You know, from you know Josh McDaniels bringing him in in Denver into his you know front office when I think he was fresh off being a special teams coordinator in high school. Right. And, uh, you know, he's all of the, I will say this, all of these John Carroll guys, and it was interesting that Mark Davis um, mentioned that um, several times today. And look, it also goes back to Don Shula is sort of like the, the godfather of John care of the John Carroll coaching line. But when you talk about all these John Carroll guys, and there are a ton of them around the league, uh, you know, you start with intelligence and the, you know, these guys, they're all really smart, and Dave is very smart. I think uh, the thing that stands out, I think, sort of differentiates him from other people is that um, it's it's very rare that you find sort of a younger person who is in, in the NFL who is willing to voice his opinion to Bill Belichick and has confidence in that opinion. And, and from talking to people around the Patriots, when, when he succeeded Nick Casario, and, and look, I think a lot of Nick Casario, I think he's very smart. And he's very competitive and driven. Uh, but, you know, I would say my criticism of him would be that, you know, he sort of took a back seat to Bill Belichick and was willing to do that, wouldn't really, you know, voice an opinion. Uh, and I think that's sort of why the Patriots personnel sort of went off a cliff. And I don't think there's it, it was any accident that the Patriots suddenly got three impact rookies last year who played for the Patriots, contributed Mac Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, um, Christian Barmore, uh, which hadn't happened in years for that team. And I think it's because, you know, and also they hit on a lot of their free agents. And I think it's because, yeah, Bill has ideas, and a lot of his ideas are really good. But when it comes to the draft and other things, sometimes he has a blind spot. And I think that Dave is uh, not afraid to voice his opinion, can back that up, which is big when you talk about, you know, going toe-to-toe with Belichick. He's, he'll hear you out, but you better have your reasons. And I think – you know, you put all those things together, and I think I think it makes Dave a, uh, a you know a very viable general manager. Yeah, and I and I get the sense with uh, with Ziegler, um, you know, the the uh, willingness to whether you call it standing toe to toe with Bill Belichick or, or voicing your opinion, it's not out of arrogance. It's it's out of a um, you know a, a confidence in your intelligence type of a thing and there's two ways there, that that could come across as two different ways one is trying to be overly arrogant and tough guy the other is being smart about it and i feel like that's how he's able to navigate that just in the short time uh, that i've researched him listened to him talked to him today met him um there's sort of a manner in which he goes about it that is more welcoming than challenging yeah no i i would say you're spot on there Vinny. i think that um, you know, and, uh, you know, for those of us, you know, especially, you know, even, even covering the league, you know, the, those of us guys who are deep into film and sort of evaluation and stuff like that, um, you know, and this goes for the, the guys in the league, you know, knowledge is power. And, and I think, you know, when you talk about Dave's and it also, you know, conveys to Josh McDaniels, you know, you're talking about guys who have seen a lot of things, done a lot of different evaluations, um, you know, have, you know, talk to the right people at the, at the colleges and things like that. So they are very, they're confident in their opinions. It's not always right. Everybody makes mistakes, but as long as you are, are taking players for the right reasons and you can lay that out 
and have a vision, then yeah, you're confident in what you do. And, you know, sometimes it can come off as cocky, but I think that Ziegler and McDaniels, both with you know a little bit more maturity now than maybe their younger years, I think now uh, can convey that that it comes across in the right way. Absolutely, and we're talking to Greg Bedard. Uh, you could follow him, uh, and I suggest you do at Greg A. Bedard, um, and he is the founder and editorial director of Boston uh, SportsJournal dot com. He's a, a, a longtime figure uh, in in Boston media. Uh, switching over to Josh McDaniels. Uh, now, I was kind of struck with his willingness before he even talked. We, he was even asked about it, but the experiences uh, with the Denver Broncos and how kind of forthcoming he was um, in terms of what happened and his failures, not blaming anybody else, but you know, pinning it on his own shoulders in terms of maybe not knowing the importance of relationship building and, and people and uh, other people being part of the process. Uh, I felt like he handled that really well because Raider Nation has been talking about it for three days now. All, you know, it's the only thing anyone seems to focus on mm-hmm. is what happened in, in, in Denver. Um, and, and I felt he did good by addressing that early on. And, and I felt addressing it pretty succinctly. Um, you've gotten to know him over the years and especially after mm-hmm. the Denver situation. What do you feel he has learned uh, and grown from from that experience? Yeah, there, there, there's a ton of things, Vinny, and I thought that was, um, I thought that was a very, a very good first step by him. I thought it was very needed because look, yeah. it's the elephant in the room. Everybody, you know, you mentioned Josh McDaniel's name, and immediately what comes to mind is that he was fired after a year and a half in Denver, after starting six and L in Denver, and how you know he flamed out and and for you know for different reasons, and that's right in the division. I mean. They, the next time he got a chance, he had to hit sort of the situation, uh, confront it head on. And I thought he did a really nice job of that. But, you know, if you know Josh McDaniels, anybody who knows him uh, was not surprised by that because it's it's peppered his experience in New England. A lot of the things he's talked about with us in the media, uh, you know, the, he, he was only like 35, 36 at the time. I mean, you know, I've gone back and... 33. I've gone back and looked at some of the, you know, the videos and the press conferences and sideline antics. And I I, tell you the truth, I don't even know who that guy is. And I'm (laughs) sure Josh McDaniels feels the same way. And I would say the biggest thing is uh, he, he has learned that, you know, it's not always about the football and it's about people. And if you don't, if people don't, believe in you as a head coach it doesn't matter how good your x's and o's are it doesn't matter how good your scheme is if those people don't want to follow you if they don't believe in you if they don't trust you all the rest of it doesn't matter and i think that josh mcdaniels realized that very quickly and i think he spent the last you know you know what is it uh 15 years 13 years now like really understanding that and and you talk to his players that have played for him in new england and you hear things like love and trust and things like that and if you looked at josh mcdaniels and denny you'd be like those were probably foreign concepts to him back then and now they're an integral part of who he is but you know that's all well and all as an assistant coach now he's going to need to do it as a head coach and prove it all over again because no one's going to believe it until he actually does it yeah, no question about it. Greg, um, you know, we always talk about 
when it, when when you're dealing with the Patriots, um, not necessarily how heavy-handed Bill Belichick is, but how uh, far-reaching um, he can be. And so, and I ask you that. I mean, I bring that up to ask you to what um, level of of uh, of 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 you know. Um, responsibility was the offense with Josh McDaniels. Like how much credit does he get for how successful that new England Patriot offense has been under him, knowing that Bill Belichick has had a big say in it as well. Mm, I would say about 90% goes to McDaniels. I mean, he was basically, yeah. yeah, he was basically head coach offense and which freed up Bill Belichick to, you know, deal with the defense, which he had to do at certain points this year. Uh, special teams at times, uh, you know, even before Belichick, and he said this a few weeks ago, we talked about glowingly about McDaniels and about, you know, comparing him to Saban and, and people like that. Um, he had been doing that for years in private to other teams that have sort of reached out about um, McDaniels. And, and, you know, you don't, it was the same way with Saban with the defense in Cleveland. I mean, it was basically turned over to Saban, and, and very rarely does Bill do that. He didn't do it with Bill O'Brien. I don't think he really did it with Charlie Weiss. Belichick was very involved with the quarterback meetings and things like that. But with Josh McDaniels, it was basically he, he ran his show on offense, and, and Belichick would ask him in the off offseason, you know, hey, what do you need? What do, what do we need to get to the next level? And, and go through. He would be involved in personnel as far as free agency and the draft and things like that, you know, Belichick was definitely more heavy handed there and picked who he wanted. But as far as the operations of the offense and how it came out, a lot of it, a vast majority of it was Josh McDaniels. Yeah, uh, I agree. And that's what I've been hearing. And I, you know, it just, I know fans want to, you know, take their own approach saying, Oh, well, it's all Belichick's, um, you know, uh, doing and all that sort of stuff, but there's nuance and perspective that that is truly needed. And why would why would Josh McDaniels, especially in his second go around, um, why would he be uh, better equipped to kind of break that um, that 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 uh, you know the whole thing about nobody under Bill mm-hmm. Belichick succeeds as a head coach, even though Nick Saban, the best of them all is literally a disciple of, uh, of of Bill Belichick. Nobody wants to sometimes recognize that. But why would why is McDaniels in a good position to maybe change that narrative? Yeah, but Nick, who I covered um, in his time as Miami Dolphins coach, as a Dolphins beat writer, uh, flamed out in his first go-around with the NFL. I, right. I would say it's because, you know, the guys who leave New England who think that they're ready, and um, the list is long, um, you know, first of all, they were brought into the organization as neophytes. They Belichick trains people. He doesn't bring people in who have vast experience and retrain them. You're 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 coming. You have to operate within. And I assume they're going to do this with the Raiders, with whoever. Well, we know who the offense is. Uh, the defense, whoever the the initial defensive coordinator. You know, will, I don't know if it'll be the Patriots playbook, but or their playbook. It'll probably be a melding of the two things, but. They have to operate from those playbooks. It will never change, so you don't have to deal with, oh, one coordinator leaves, takes a head coaching job. Now they got to hire a new guy, and you got to learn a new playbook and all that stuff. So that will not happen. I thought that was always one of the key things that Belichick did, and Saban said he was going to do the same thing when the Dolphins, when he started there, and he did, uh, because Mike Malarkey, the offensive coordinator, got a job elsewhere, and they kept the playbook. Um, but the big thing is, you know, he, so he, he trains these people, and that's all they know. 
all they know is observing Belichick and what Belichick does, but they don't really know what he does behind the scenes when no one's watching in his office, the things that really make Belichick Belichick. And then when they get out there, they try to do a Belichick impersonation because that's all they really know. And they don't have the stuff to back it up. And I think McDaniels, these guys who, who have fallen, they realize it once they leave. They're like, you know, I wasn't sure to myself. I was trying to beat Bill Belichick Jr. And, and like, you know, all that stuff. And, and that's why I think McDaniels has long ago learned that lesson, and he's been spending basically a decade trying to hone and get ready for this next step. Greg Bedard, uh, truly appreciate uh, your insight and knowledge. Uh, you've been a great asset uh, through this, and uh, can't wait to have you back on uh, at some point during the season to uh, talk about it at that point. But I truly appreciate it, my friend. Thank you so much, uh, and, and take care of yourself. We'll talk to you down the road. Anytime. Thanks, man. You got it. That is Greg Bedard. Uh, great stuff from somebody that knows Josh McDaniels and knows uh, Dave Ziegler. Has been covering those guys a long time uh, and a frank and honest uh, assessment of the uh, two new leaders of the Raiders football operation. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Monday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Mike is in Kansas City. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing good, man. I, I, I love the hire today. I, I'm excited for you know what? everything that we got coming our way i'm kind of i'm curious who we're going to get in as an oc and i i mean i think gus bradley's ultimately going to be out of our dc but i'm i'm pretty excited yeah um okay just uh if you could quickly explain what, uh the uh the reason for the excitement what what what, what did you see today that kind of gets you pumped up a little bit well i mean i i kind of got tired of gruden's old i mean he, he's the same guy that he's always been and i just think the game's passed him by and i mean we had vets come out and say, you know, he kind of burned those guys out, and you could kind of almost sense that that just that style of coach doesn't really it doesn't resonate anymore. I don't think, and I think McDaniel's learned a, a lot from his time in Denver and the twelve years that he spent, you know, since then learned how to communicate with people and learned how to work together as a team and not just you know make it about his ego or, or anything like that. Well, uh, I kind of got the same. You know, not not so much about uh, about John, but uh, I felt like there's a maturity level right now to Josh McDaniels, uh, especially you know talking to a, a Greg Bedard, who felt like he's grown in that area, and that can only be a benefit for for, for the Raiders. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Bryce is in Iowa. How you doing, Bryce? Hey, Vinny. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. You got it, brother. <laughs> hey, uh, full disclosure. Uh, I'm fully in the Keith Basaccia and Gus camp, yet, you know, wanting to hire an offensive, new offensive staff. But that being said, you know, after watching the press conference today, i got to say I'm excited for the future in the franchise. Um, McDaniels wasn't my first choice, but I will fully support him and Ziggler. Um, you know, watching the press conference, I, I thought questions that were asked were good. Uh, throughout the conference, there were really two questions that I would have liked asked. One of them was, you know, any thoughts about keeping any of the current staff? And it sounded like uh, Paul Gutierrez tweeted out not too long ago that that was actually addressed in his one-on-one interview where it said that uh, McDaniels had actually spoken with Gus 
today, and he plans on speaking with all the other assistants that are still under contract. Um, so being a big Gus fan, that really makes me cautiously optimistic. Um, I'd like to see him and his staff get retained. And, you know, normally a, a new head coach would bring in his own staff, but you have to admit that this is not a normal situation for an incoming head coach. You know, we're a 10-win team, we're a playoff team, with players that were built for a specific defensive scheme. So I'd really hate to see us tear down something that that had some level of success. Now, obviously, we're not writing the defense to make the Super Bowl. What was the, what was the mantra that we always said about the defense? We just wanted to have a top 15, top 20 defense, and it was going to be our offense that really got us over the hump. So with McDaniels running the offense, and if we could keep Gus running the defense, I think it would be a great thing. But the second question that I would have liked to have been asked was if, if we would ask Mark Davis, you know, he praised Rich's job in keeping the locker room together and said that the interview went really well with Rich. I would have liked to ask Mark what really made McDaniels the better choice than Rich. But uh, that didn't get asked, but perhaps we'll get the answer in due time. But thanks for the last, Denny, and have a good night. You got it, brother. Um, yeah, I don't think it was it was anything that um, Rich didn't do. I think I think Mark Davis saw this as an opportunity to really reset things at the top of his organization with somebody that he truly respects and has great respect across the NFL in both Josh McDaniels uh, and, um, and and Dave Ziegler. I think that the consensus in the NFL, at least people that I talk to is that Josh is ready to take another uh, uh, go at it as a head coach. He's changed and learned and matured from who he was when he was 33 years old to who he is now at 45 years old. So, you know, in some ways, the Raiders may be benefiting from him learning uh, on somebody else's dime. It's not unusual uh, that somebody might, especially at 33 years old, it's hard for me to comprehend that he was that young when he took the job. And as Greg Bedard talked about, um, you know, watching some videos and, and seeing him uh, and some of the photos of him, he looks different. He looks he looked incredibly younger uh, at that time. And and he did say something today, and we're going to get into it as the show goes on, that what he learned was he needs to be himself. And I felt like that was a bit of an admission that he tried to be somebody that he wasn't. And sometimes that happens when we're young. We're not, you know, we don't have the, at that age sometimes, the benefit of wisdom and the benefit of experience and the benefit of really knowing. And sometimes you have to take your lumps in this life. I know I have. Um, and I know that some of the most successful people in this world took major blows um, and, and major losses along the way. And you have to get up and learn from it and sometimes be willing to admit, man, I really screwed that up because of this, this, and this. And the sin would be just remaining the same person and not learning from that and not growing from that. Um, the, the greatness comes from doing the complete opposite, which is learning from that. Don't be the same person you were. Don't be the reason and don't sabotage yourself because you're not willing to change in that regard. And it sure sounds like talking to people um, that have known Josh for a long time that he has grown and grown up from 33 years old to 45. And that's what we all should be doing in life in general. I don't care what it is that you do. If you're the same dude that you were at 33, especially if you had some um, learning to do and some growing to do, well, shame on you and shame on me if I'm, if I, if I am too. Um, so uh, it's, it's, we're going to see if it works or not. There's no question about that, but 
first impressions, it seems like he's ready to put that behind him if he hasn't already um, and then show everybody in football that he has. Uh, and we'll see. We're going to all find out together uh, whether he has or he hasn't. But today, to me, was a promising start and it backs up what I've been hearing uh, through the people that I know in the NFL that should know. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonson. You're brought to you by Tequila and Bajador Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Monday.